Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 48. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after their marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. This is the word of the Lord. Would you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we give thanks for your spirit that abides with us always, that is out in front of us waiting for us to discover We pray that the Spirit will be present with us this morning and that we may hear your word for each of us. Amen. Excuse me. So this morning we had the privilege to dedicate Ellison Powers. 
And it is a privilege. I love dedicating kids. Uh, I mean, I, I love having the families here. I love the promises we make. I really love the victory lap. It's, it's great. It's joyous. And it's also a little bit weird. I mean, we, <clears throat> we pick one child from the church. We pull him up on stage, put oil on his head, and then we pray that God will bless this child. And that's maybe a little bit confusing because I'm not sure that we have a, a good working definition of what it is to bless someone. If I tried to figure out what, what it me, the word bless means just by listening to how it's used, I'd be really confused. Because the way that we use the word bless most frequently is when someone sneezes, right? We, we say bless you, but we don't mean it. Um, if, if you are on an elevator and someone next to you sneezes, you probably aren't like hearkening back to the origin of the blessing in Numbers 6 and think, hmm, may God bless you and keep you. You just know it's weird if you don't say anything. But at least it's not an insult like it is in the South. Because in the American South, you can say uh, the meanest thing you want and then follow it up with, bless her heart. And, and suddenly the insult disappears. It's magic. Like, uh, oh, she tries so hard to look pretty. Bless her heart. Like, wait, what? Did you just call her ugly? Or was, or were you just pronouncing the Lord's blessing in her life? I'm not sure. But actually, probably my least favorite usage is like hashtag blessed on, on social media, which is usually a way to externalize and sanctify our privilege. Like if we, if we just say that we're blessed, then if we just say that we're blessed, then we don't have to wrestle with how privilege and systemic injustice got us to a beach in Hawaii. We just say God gave us our dream vacation because we're hashtag blessed. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't go on your dream vacation to Hawaii. Hawaii's awesome. But the language of blessing, when it's used like that, it might just be implying that God chose us to drink a Mai Tai on white sands while other people lose housing. And that's where the language of blessing gets really tricky. Like, when we, when we pray a blessing, are we asking that God blesses some people in particular, but not others? I mean, it's funny that I preached this this week after last week I did a blessing of the animals, and we like sort of, everyone brought in their pets and we said, Dear God, please take care of these particular animals, but the rest of them, yeah. Is that what blessing is? Maybe. The the definition of bless, uh, particularly like the verb to bless, is to make or pronounce something holy. Make or pronounce. That's a big difference. If a blessing makes something holy, then it changes it. The thing becomes holy because of the blessing. But if a blessing pronounces something holy, then it's not changing. It's just naming what's already there. So which is it? When we pray a blessing, are we making something holy? Or are we simply naming and recognizing the holiness that's already there? Sort of depends on our church tradition. 
when a liturgical church blesses water before a baptism, they're they're actually making the water holy. There's a change in the water because of the blessing. So, and actually the same with the elements, with communion wine. So afterwards, they get poured down a special drain. An Anglican church or a Catholic church will have a drain that goes directly into the ground instead of into the sewers or anything else. And similarly, when we bless a marriage as a sacrament, we're actually making that marriage holy. We're saying that a marriage done inside the church in this particular way is different. And that makes sense about this kind of understanding of blessing. It makes things special. Whether it's a meal or holy water or a marriage, it's the blessing that makes it special. It's no longer any old meal. It's no longer just tap water or any old relationship. It's blessed. It's holy. It's special. But if we believe that the, the church has the power to make something holy, we need to be careful with that power. We need to decide what's worthy of being blessed and who's allowed to bless things. Which marriages are allowed to be blessed and who's allowed to bless them? Or I think the most like scaled down version of this was like the first time I worked in a church, I was like an intern in seminary. I remember I walked into a room full of people staring at hot food, waiting for the pastor to arrive because there was one person that was supposed to pronounce the blessing on the food. And these are just some of the things that we have to consider if we believe the church has the power to make something holy. But pronouncing something holy is a little different. We're naming what it is and recognizing that God has made it holy. It's a way of saying that God's holiness is there, embedded in God's creation. It's it's like an acknowledgement that everything God created shares in God's own holiness, whether or not it meets like our minimum requirements of deserving a blessing. We're saying like this this thing right here, it's holy. It's always been holy, not because of anything that I did, but because God made it holy, and really what we need are eyes to see. That's actually why I, I picked this scripture. Uh, where Simon blesses Jesus when he's brought to the temple to be dedicated. In that story, uh, Simon doesn't make Jesus holy. It's not his spiritual gift to make children holy. His gift is that he sees the holiness that lies within this child. And that's actually what we did this morning with Ellison. And what we all have the opportunity to do if we if we bless, if we use blessing as a spiritual practice, one that anybody can use. And that's what I sort of want to invite y'all to do this morning, is consider taking up the spiritual practice of blessing indiscriminately. It's a practice you have to learn. So I want to borrow from the, the author Barbara Brown Taylor, who suggests that, that starting this practice of blessing should, should be simple. Start with a stick. She suggests that the first thing to do is pay attention to the stick. Did you make the stick? No, you did not. The stick has its own story. If you have time to figure out what kind of tree it came from, that would be a way of showing some, the stick some respect. Cause it's only a stick in the same way that we are only a human. There is more to both of you than that. Is it on the ground because it's old? 
or because it suffered some mishap? Has it been lying there for a long time, or did it just land? Is it fat enough for you to see its growth rings? To pronounce a blessing on something, it's important to see it as it is. What purpose did this stick serve? Did a bird sit on it? Did it bear leaves that sheltered the ground from the hottest of the summer sun? At very least, it participated in the deep mystery of drawing water from the ground, defying the law of gravity to deliver moisture to its leaves. How does a stick do that, especially one this size? This stick is no less than the artery of a tree that you're holding in your hand. Its tissue has come from the sun and the earth. If you put it back where you found it, it will turn back into earth again. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. So before you put it down, will you say a blessing first? Bless you, stick, for being you. Bless you, O stick, for turning dirt and sun into wood. Blessed are you, Lord God, for using this stick to stop me in my tracks. And and this practice doesn't only work on sticks. Try it on people. (laughs) Next time you're waiting in the DMV, just look around and remember that every single person you see is dealing with something significant. That, that mom that's like lugging around a car seat trying to chase down a five-year-old that's doing laps around the seats. The old man that's sitting by himself struggling to get out of his chair. The person playing on their phone. You can't know what they're going through, but they're there for a reason. Maybe it's like one more thing that they're, they're squeezing into an overly packed day, or maybe it's the only time they'll be out in public today. We don't know the particulars, but what happens when we just indiscriminately bless them and see them as God's beloved? What happens if we pray a silent prayer of blessing on their life? Not because we have deemed them worthy, nor because we have the power to make them holy, but simply because they are loved and created by God. What happens when we name the holiness that's embedded at their core? My guess is that it it helps us look with compassion on the world and name that the most ordinary things and the most ordinary people are drenched with divine possibility. Maybe we could look at those folks in the DMV the same way that y'all looked at Ellison when I walked him around this morning. Your faces were full of love and care, maybe because we had just blessed him so we could really see how holy he is. We just said together that he is drenched with divine possibility. Not because I put oil on his head or anything I did or we did, but because the holy imprint of God lies deep within him. We pronounced Ellison holy and made promises to be his church family. And again, being his church family won't make him holy any more than the oil. But my prayer is that we as a church family will help him see his holiness, his worth, and his potential to share the gospel to a hurting world. My prayer is that we'll continue to bless him and all our kids by naming them as holy. And and I pray that we do this because it's one, it's a radically countercultural message that, that kids are holy just as they are not because they need to earn our love. And and that isn't actually just for kids. Kids are actually probably better at it than adults. 
Each one of us is drenched with divine possibility. So I pray that we will bless each other, that we will name each other holy, so that we can be a place where we we have eyes to see that, that every person here is drenched with divine possibility, that we can even see our own holiness, worth, and power. I pray that we'll be a community that, that practices that radically countercultural message that every person is holy just as they are. So I'm going to try this out one more time. And I'm going to pray the same blessing that we prayed on Elson this morning. I'm going to pray it on all of us. So hear now God's blessing. Oh, God of wonder and grace, we thank you for your love revealed here this day. We thank you that the revelation of holiness that lies deep inside us, we pray that it's already there and we don't have to earn it or be deemed worthy. We pray this community will have the grace to uphold the promises we made to provide safe shelter for your love for all who enter our doors, that we might all bask in your love, that we might know we are drenched with the divine, that we may be holy and blessed children of God. Amen.